since I do not preside at this mass very often, uh, I want you to to remove a doubt from you because a few years ago, uh, one of the parents said, Father, my son wants to use his cell phone because he sees you using your cell phone. This is where the readings are, okay? My readings and um, homily and everything is here. So when you see it, and I notice I take it out so you can see it. I don't try to hide it because that's where all my stuff is, okay? So I'm not playing games. Many years ago, and those of you who, well, many years ago, I learned a new word. Now, I'm, a, I'm an old guy. Okay, I, this next week, I'm turning 73. And uh, as you grow older, you don't, um, you don't learn the new words that are being coined by youth very often unless you happen to be very focused on what's going on. So many years ago, because uh, I work a lot with young people, and many years ago I learned the word YOLO. Now, a lot, some of you might know what YOLO is, but I'm not going to presume that everybody knows what YOLO is. YOLO is an acronym for you only live once, YOLO, okay? Now the word YOLO, uh, the acronym YOLO, really is an extremely convenient word because it, it um, describes in, a, in one sentence the attitude of Western culture, the United States, all of the West, and I would say a lot of the world, towards how to live your life. Let me give you an example. And this, some of you may, some of you older folk might be able to remember this, but for you younger folk, I will describe a commercial a commercial that I remember as a, as a teenager. And it was a commercial for a brand of beer that doesn't, I don't think it's sold anymore. It's called, this brand was called Schlitz. And Schlitz had a commercial that I've never forgotten. Let me describe it to you. The, the picture on the screen starts from a very high point of view, I don't think they had any of the the the, the, the little mission. What, what do they call the? Well, they must have been from an airplane or a helicopter, because the the the, the picture on the screen focused in on a sailboat on a very beautiful beautiful day, and it was a huge sailboat, and as the camera began to focus, it drew closer and closer and closer to the people on the sailboat. And if I remember correctly, there were about six people on the deck of the sailboat. These were all beautiful people. They never put fat guys or ugly people in these commercials. 
They're always, they were beautiful people. The girls were skimpily clad, very beautiful bodies, and the guys were all muscular and, you know, just having a ball. And they were clearly laughing and having a great time. And then the voiceover comes and says, you only go around once in life, so you better grab for all the gusto that you can get. That was the only line. Now that's, they hadn't developed YOLO then, but that's basically it. You only go around once in life, so you better grab for all the gusto that you can get. And then the guy on the screen, the camera focused on the guy and the girl, and they both reached into the cooler and they picked up a cold can of Schlitz. And then they opened it up and they were drinking and the camera focused all of a sudden from, the from below. And these meat people were having a mystical experience, you know, drinking their Schlitz. They had fulfilled their life's mission because of their beer. And they were grabbing for all the gusto that they could get. Now, that commercial has always stayed in my mind because it is such a clear understanding of the culture that we are marinating in. Now, please understand, I am not a cook at all, okay? I can probably fry an egg. That's about as far as my culinary dexterity goes. I understand that marinating involves taking a piece of meat, usually, I guess, and putting it in a, in a, in a container that contains a liquid that is made of different spices. And, and then you take that meat and you submerge it. And throughout the night or wherever, whatever time, the meat absorbs the flavor of the juice. That could also be in a plastic bag, I understand, that you can put it in the plastic bag. So what happens is at no time does anything, anybody need to do anything to the meat. Just existing underwater or under that juice, that means that it gets inside that and you can taste it later, okay? Now, that is an image of what you and I are going through all the time. We don't even recognize that we're marinating because we live inside, we've always, we were born into a bowl of marinade. We were born into it. And so you think that this is normal. This is, this is the way things are, and things are normal. However, when you start studying a little bit of history, and you study a little bit of um, history of ideas, you understand how strange our culture is and that it is not in any way normal. Other cultures have also been strange. 
But to think that they were strange or were not is an illusion. We live in the midst of cultural values that are basically what are called YOLO. That's basically what we are. American religion, not only American religion, but heavily American religion, is what is called moralistic, therapeutic deism. Now let me unpack that for you a little bit. Moralistic, therapeutic deism. In the middle of our YOLO-ness marinade, we go to church. Okay? But church has been adapted to be able to go hand-in-hand hand with the marinade. And so the ad adaptation is called moralistic therapeutic deism. Now what is that? Why moralistic? Our Catholicism heavily, ting a lot of Catholics live with that. What is why moralistic? The first thing about moralistic therapeutic deism, the moralistic part, is to say there is a right and wrong. There is a morals. There is right and wrong, and we try not to do the wrong, but as long as we don't do the big wrong, we're okay. We try to be good people. I'm a good person, people say. I'm a good person, okay? So therapeutic, why therapeutic? Because we understand God to be a cosmic psychiatrist. Whenever I have problems and I am unhappy, I go to God. And God, give me some therapy. Give me some therapy so that I can return to my old self and be happy. <coughs> and so we go to the cosmic psychiatrist and sometimes he prescribes some medicines or stuff like that. But what is the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is for you not to change. The ultimate goal is for you to go back to where you were. That's the therapeutic. And what is deism? Well, deism is a way of understanding faith and, and the behavior of God. Deism says God created the world in the beginning and he just set it to run like a clock. You don't have to constantly be telling the clock what to do. He's not that involved. He's up in heaven, and he does his thing, and we're down here. And life is like a huge amusement park. You know, what we try to do is, let's see which ride are we going to go on next. What is the purpose of our lives? To have fun. To have fun. And that's YOLO. You gotta grab for all the gusto that you can get. And inside of that, we go to Mass. We go to Mass. But it doesn't seep in. We go to Mass. We marinate in the other stuff, but it doesn't go to Mass. There, it, the, 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 the church stuff, a lot of times, well, some people, it does seep in, but a lot of times it doesn't. I'll never forget a year, a couple years ago, I saw the Godfather, the last one of the Godfather. <coughs> and I can't remember Corleone or somebody. The, the, it was the old Al Pacino. And he is walking with a bishop or a cardinal. 
in the gardens of the, of the Vatican. And Al Pacino knows he's dying. And he says to the cardinal, how can it be that we have lived under the Catholic faith for so many years and the mafia is still doing what it's doing? How can it be? And the cardinal in this scene, which is amazing, he, they're walking next to a, a stream or a river that's running. And the cardinal bends down and places his hand in the water fairly deep, as deep as he can go, and he grabs a rock from underneath and he brings it out. And he shows it to Al Pacino. And he says, you see this rock? It has been living under that water probably for hundreds and not thousands of years, probably hundreds of years. And then he takes the rock and he strikes it against another boulder. And the rock splits in half. And the cardinal says to him, look. And the inside of the rock is bone dry. And then the cardinal says, this rock has been underneath water for hundreds of years. But the water has not penetrated inside at all. That's the opposite of marinade. The, op, the rock has not been penetrated by Christian faith. Neither had the mafia, even though they called themselves Catholic. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because Jesus is offering us today a totally different outlook on life. He is not denying that you should plant he is not denying that you want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. He's just telling you that you're planning for the wrong retirement. <laughs> you're planning for the wrong place. You see, YOLO focuses, focuses its attention on grabbing for now. But notice what Jesus says. He says, if you do that, you are amassing wealth where thief and moth can destroy it. Now, what's a thief and moth stand for? The violence of the world, the thief, that everything that you've ever worked for sooner or later will either be lost or it will, or, or it will be in your stock market could go down. You could lose everything. And those are the people who either commit suicide or do something when all the stuff that they worked so hard for all of a sudden goes, goes nowhere. And Jesus is saying, it's going to happen either a thief or a moth. What's the moth? The moth is aging and death. That's the moth. Sooner or later, you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose it all. Folks, I've been a priest for 45 years. I've been next to a lot of people who are dying. A lot of people who are dying. Not one time have I ever heard say someone say, Oh, Father, bring me my Gucci purse before I die. I want to embrace my Gucci. Or bring me the keys to my Lexus. I want to hold them as I go into the grave. Bury me in my Lexus. Not one time. Because when you, when you are starting, when you're dying, 
the moth is coming for you. Folks, let me tell you, this is personal for me. Totally personal. I really have noticed what it feels like to age. I, I'm, like I said, I'm turning 73. And it's interesting. You feel still like yourself, like the self that you always felt like when you were a teenager or a young person. But what is it now? You experience, you literally experience your body beginning to decompose under you. It's literally falling apart. I, my, I, 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 do you notice I have to walk up? I, I use the, the rails now because my knees are, are awful. Or, and I don't have the stamina I used to. My diabetes is still kicking around. I lost all my hair. I used to have beautiful hair. Okay? And by the way, it's your fault. Okay. I used to have beautiful hair. And it's slowly, my teeth are, I mean, I think I've sent my dentist on several vacations. Because it's all going down to nothing. That's the moth. And so what is Jesus saying? Look, I'm not telling you not to plan. I'm just telling you, you're working in vain for what you're doing. You know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. The word vanity doesn't mean that you're vain like that. It's used in the sense that you're doing it in vain. It's like smoke. And so what does he say? He says, build treasure where you're going to be able to enjoy it forever. That no thief or moth can get to it. Because I don't care how much you amass in this world, it's gone. And your life goes like that. And those of you who are young people, don't think death just comes for old people. Please understand, a few months ago, I did a, 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 I mean a, a funeral for a couple who were taking a trip to Hawaii before they got married, an engagement trip. And they stood on the rocks. They stood on the rocks taking a selfie Okay, and the waves are coming in, and they wanted to see the ocean behind them. Folks, a wave came in and overwhelmed them and threw them against the rock, and both of them died in their mid-twenties. They started that day like it was normal, but that was the day of their death. Don't think that it can't come from you. That's the thief and the moth, if you knew the hour. And so what is Jesus saying to you? Build a treasure in heaven. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Yes, provide for yourself on this earth. You need to work. You need to provide. It's not wrong. But don't go around thinking that everything you have is just for you. God gives you wealth and success, and he doesn't give it to other people. Why? Because you're supposed to share it. You're supposed, you're a steward. What is a steward? A person who's in charge of someone else's property. We call them financial managers or financial consultants. You don't expect your financial consultant to use his money as his own money. You're in, you entrusted to them. You're, everything you have is entrusted to you. It's not yours. Use it for your benefit, but don't be stupid. Use it for the way 
of helping other people. And I'm not saying it's, things are bad. Look, and I'll, and I'll shut up in a couple minutes. Just Since I don't have, have a chance to talk to you, you're getting the full-blown. <laughs> so a person asked me, well, Father, is it bad for a person to have wealth? No. Let me give you an example a long time ago. If you have enough money to be able to buy a yacht, buy the yacht. Buy it. Now, why do I say buy the yacht? Because a lot of people are working to make sure that that yacht gets put together. And if everybody stopped buying yachts, nobody would be able to, people wouldn't have jobs. So buy the yacht. So what are you saying, to be rich? No. Make sure that the yacht is used not only by you, but give rides to every little poor person who can't afford to go on a yacht vacation. Invite the poor. Invite those who have not been blessed to enjoy a day in the yacht. Make sure that your wealth is benefiting to others. Enjoy it yourself, but benefit others. Okay? That's the way you're supposed to use it. That's why it's entrusted to you. Not everybody has it, but it's entrusted to you. And now, ultimately, that's what Jesus is saying to you. And notice at the very end, that's why I kept my iPhone here. At the very end, Jesus says something that I think is tremendously important for us. And for those of you looking at your watches, give me about two more minutes and it should be done. Okay, what Jesus is basically saying is this. Now, if you then he gives a warning. He says, look, I am the master, and I'm coming home, and I better find out if you're treating everybody correctly. If you've been entrusted with a lot of wealth or any wealth, and you're not treating it correctly, that is the equivalent of not being prepared for the master's return. Okay? And he's saying, and don't you, you go YOLO, well, you know what you're going to get. Okay? You go YOLO. Now, listen to this last part, because I found it tremendously interesting. Listen to this last part of the gospel. That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations, nor act in accordance with his will, shall be beaten severely and placed with the unjust. Now that's Jesus telling you, folks, there's a hell. This is not just, you know, kind of do whatever you want and, you know, deistic therapeutic moralism. This, there is consequences. But then listen to the next part. This is what I found fascinating. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of punishment, that person will be beaten only lightly. Now just stop there. Do you know what that is? That's purgatory. Will be beaten only lightly. All the, a lot of times Protestants will say to you, where do you get purgatory in the Bible? Well, the word's not there, but here's the reality right here. It, you will be beaten lightly. In other words, there's, 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 justifi there's justice. 
You may not, you know, you're basically a good person, but you're still not doing what God wants you to do. And then he finishes. I'm about 30 seconds from being over. Uh, then he finishes. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much. How much have you been entrusted with? Not just money. What about people? What about kids? You're entrusted with kids. You're entrusted with all kinds of stuff. You're entrusted with being a citizen. Are you taking it seriously? And still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Folks, God does love you. But loving you doesn't mean that he... That one last story. Okay, give me another 30 seconds. <laughs> a little boy goes up to his mom and says, Mom, you want me to be happy, don't you? Mom says, yes, of course, my dear. And the little boy says, Mom, I have loved being in third grade last year. I love my teacher. I love everything about it. I have been so happy. You want me to be happy, Mom? Yes. Let me, do four, let me do third grade again. Let me do it again. Please. Don't you want me to be happy? Don't make me suffer fourth grade. <laughs> now, you love that kid. You want that kid to do third grade again? No. And the kid turns to you and says, why are you making me suffer? You told me you want to be happy. But what does the kid understand? He wants happiness according to his definition of happiness. And you say, uh-uh. It's precisely because I love you that you have to suffer fourth grade. God loves you, but that doesn't mean he's going to give you everything so that you can be happy according to your own definition of happiness. A lot of times, God will leave you disillusioned. Listen to the word, disillusion. If you're living in an illusion, God will take it away from you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be a spiritual runt. And so, the gospel today is very clear. Okay? Very clear. Take it to heart.